are now listening to The Awakened Soul. Welcome to episode 36 of The Awakened Soul. I want to send shots out and thanks. Um, that Black Panther review, as as was expected, has been uh, already the most downloaded episode of The Awakened Soul yet. But we have to keep it moving. That was a huge movie. Obviously, people were going to be looking out for reviews. So while I'm thankful of that being my most downloaded episode, it just made me hungry. So now we got to keep it going. Um, this episode of The Awakened Soul is going to be just a little different there's no out of the minor haze segment um i'm not even gonna be talking to you long now because i have two of my favorite podcasters with me that is the andrew bellow who you've seen and or heard here a lot and also billy ray valentine from the infinite fringe podcast he has been on the podcast before but this time it's a little bit more in his wheelhouse where i think we talked music before we'll get into a little bit of everything on the, on this episode of the awakened soul. So this one's going to be a little bit different. Uh, Bello and Billy Ray are joining me on all three segments of the podcast today. Um, so while this is going to be different, I want to ask that you all open your minds and your hearts to actually be able to take some of this in. It, it's some heavy content. We do mix it in with some fun. We do have a retrospective of Prince's career. We're also talking about symbolism in comic book movies that kind of spins into a conversation about um, it being in just film in general and hidden messages being there. We also end the podcast on a conspiracy theory that Billy Ray Valentine brought for the listeners of The Awakened Soul, bringing some of that flavor over from The Infinite Friends. So, like I said, this episode is going to be a little bit different. It's going to be a little fun, may piss some people off, but... You know, oh well, that's what we do here at The Awakened Solo. So let's get into some intro music. A little bit different, as I said, this week. And I'll see you guys on the other side of that. And me, Bello, and BRV will be bringing some flavor to you. Ooh, baby, I like it, bro. Yeah, baby, I like it, bro. Ooh, baby, I like it, bro. Yeah, baby, I like it, bro. Shimmy, shimmy, y'all, shimmy, yeah, shimmy, yeah. Give me the mic so I can take a whip. Ladies and gentlemen, listeners of The Awakened Soul, we got a special podcast to bring you this week, and it's special just for me because it's two of my favorite people, especially in the podcast world, are on this episode, and they're going to be throughout this whole episode with me in all the segments. We have the voice that makes the ladies moist, the constant and consistent contributor to The Awakened Soul. We got the Andrew Bello in the building. What's going on, Andrew? Not too much, man. Happy to be back, as always, with, in this particular instance, my three favorite podcasters. And no, folks, you're you're, you're not mistaken. I'm including myself in the group. But, uh, (laughs) Dio, always, always happy to be here on The Awakened Soul. And we brought a good friend along with us who I'm always happy to hear from as well. Yes, and you, you've you've gotten to hear from him a little bit more than me recently, and I'm a little bit jealous of that. But nonetheless, he is one of the best podcasters in the business, the host of The Infinite Fringe, and also The Locker Room. What is going on, Billy Ray Valentine? What's going on, man? You guys are incredibly kind to me, I swear. Uh, it is a pleasure to be on with you. Long time no speak. Uh, literally was just saying that about two minutes ago because it's the first time we've actually spoken in a while we text uh back and forth but to speak is a different deal man uh, people just don't do it anymore including myself uh so it is uh an honor to be here with you man it's gonna be fun i'm looking forward to it. bello what's good <sighs> same old billy ray you know how it goes yeah man <laughs> <laughs> but we're here at least in this first segment we're gonna be discussing um 
social justice and political issues being mixed into comic book movies, which it's kind of relevant, especially considering Black Panther uh, came out. Bello, me and you uh, texting one day, you sent me uh, articles, two different articles back to back. And uh, we're not going to reference those articles specifically, but we're going to talk about some of the themes in them. And, and Billy Ray, I know you're always ready, always ready uh, to discuss things. So, you know, with with Black Panther coming out and, and we'll talk about the message there, but it's bringing kind of to the forefront of what these comic book movies can be used to layer and talk about. Um, we, we've we had uh, Bello again in our conversation. Um, there, there were there was an article just discussing about how Jessica Jones was a, uh, um, an example of imperfection and inequity in race and, uh, the racial issues there, which I took some, some problems with in general, just because I think that Jessica Jones had a very great message, um, in general about PTSD and trauma and dealing with that and overcoming that type of thing without trying to throw in a race imbalance in the, in the mix of that. But, you know, just generally, um, and Bella, I'll come to you first. What do you think about those, those type of issues being included into, into comic book movies? Well, I, I think they're unfortunately going to be kind of clued into anything that makes its way into any sort of mainstream platform, movies, television, uh, you know, any of the streaming services, Netflix in particular is like social justice, just Jubilee over there. But they, Absolutely. you know, all, all of these different things. I mean, in the world of comic books, it's very easy to make all of these stories, um, you know, come off a certain way because you control the narrative. You control the, the entire universe in which these things are taking place in. But having said that, you got the social justice warriors. They are out there and they even when they get something that they should like, like Jessica Jones, an empowered woman who is in living by herself in a big city and handling her business all by herself. It's it turns into some sort of racial thing. Oh, why? Why she got to prey on this this uh, vulnerable black man and this that and the other thing. It's like, whoa, can't you just enjoy the message? Uh, I even saw another article that was with the Black Panther. Obviously, all of the wonderful stuff that all the uh, wonderful themes that are breaking out there, particularly if you're you know, if you're a black person out there and you you take the slightest bit of comfort in the Black Panther being out there, thumbs up, like all power to you in the world. But then you got people coming out like, oh, well, they could have used this as an opportunity to push LGBT rights. It's like, whoa, we don't need to touch on all of them during every single piece of uh, of you know of art that's out there. So I, I think it's a easy to use these mediums for those social justice purposes because, again, you could kind of paint the whole uh, universe. But then even when you do that, the people that want that sort of thing infused into their entertainment instead of just regular old entertainment, they're still not satisfied. So, um, you know, I guess that that's sort of my rant on that whole thing. <laughs> what about you, Billy Ray? What what do you think about those type of issues? I mean, yes, and Bello makes a great point. They're they're almost rolled into any type of media at this point, but comic book movies specifically, especially since it's family movies, your kids see them. What do you what are your what's your take on it, Billy Ray? Well, there's a time and a place for everything, so I'm not gonna go ahead and say that these messages shouldn't be in film because I mean it's an effective way to communicate. The only thing, the only problem I have with it is that. Uh, the people that are controlling things. And yes, I do have a conspiracy podcast called The Infinite Fringe. So it's kind of hard for me to get away from some of this because it's build my world view. So the people that are in control and you can call them whatever you want. OK, if you don't think there's somebody in control, you probably have a problem. OK, um, those people have figured out that cinema is probably one of the best ways to communicate their agenda and put forth what it is they want. Uh 
as a culture creation or create a culture war, which is what I believe is actually going down right now. I think, for me personally, Hayes, I like to watch movies just to watch the movie. And I kind of got to escape and do that while Black Panther was on. I caught it out in L.A. in uh, the Chinese theater. It was a thing for me. I had never been there. I never, I had never been to the Chinese theater. So I, I got to just relax and watch the movie for what it was. Um, some people were trying to take that away from me. Uh, now, like we, we're talking about uh, LGBT. Why don't we put LGBT in movies? You know, people are clamoring that. Why didn't we use the Black Panther in order to push that agenda? There is a movement out there. I don't know if you guys are familiar, but uh, there's a movement out there that is, uh, you know, a petition is going around for the Joker to be gay now. They want the Joker to be gay. Um, they want Thor to be a woman, or Thor is actually a woman in the comic yeah, books the now. Comics. Yes. You know, um, they, you know, all this sort of stuff. Uh, uh, Spider-Man, who just so happens to be my favorite uh, superhero, they wanted to, or they did, turn him black. I'm not sure. Um, and do I have an issue with that? Yeah, I have an issue with it. I, I want my black superheroes to be black and my white superheroes to be white. And I, and it's not even an issue for a racist issue for me, a racial issue for me, I should say. It's a consistency issue for me. And it's a why does everything have to be racial issue for me? Um, and, and they're pushing all types of agendas in all these movies. And without taking up too much time, uh, I will... I'm sure that throughout our conversation here, uh, I'll be able to sprinkle in some examples. I, I hope that was enough for you, Hayes. Oh, no. I mean, you, you don't worry about time. We got as much time as what we need. Um, so, yeah, but I but just to piggyback off, off of some of what you said, I, I do agree. Like it, it gets to a point to where um, it, like in comic books, you, you have race and gender swapping all the time. And I guess that's fine to a point. Um, but when it's done just to be. Just to be done to say, look, we have a, 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 a female superhero now and not actually used properly. I have just as much issue with that as I would if there was not any woman super woman superhero. What do you think? This is, uh, this is uh, for me or for Bella? Both. Either either one. You got either one of you guys could take. Take it, Bella, right? All right, man. Yeah, I, I have an issue when things are changed just for the sake of being changed. If a superhero is all right, let's let's take let's take uh, James Bond for instance. Uh, they want to make James Bond into a woman. Why? Why? <laughs> what, what what is the goal there? Uh, Ghostbusters. They have an all women Ghostbusters. Why? What 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 is what are we achieving by getting this done? Putting out more bad movies. Like I, I don't get it. I don't get it. And and it's like a women empowerment uplift. And I'm all for women empowerment. Okay, that's not the way to achieve it. You know, like, why are you taking things that are already established as as a brand, you know, a, a worldwide brand that people recognize and accept and love? Why are you taking these things and changing them to push your agenda? The fact that you're pushing an agenda turns me off to it even more. OK, and I, it's evident. Right? Why are you turning James Bond into a woman? Don't get it. I don't understand. Come up with a different character, a woman character that embodies what James Bond stands for. I don't think that works either, but you could go ahead and do that and I'll go watch it and hope for the best. But as far as changing things for the sake of changing them or changing things to put an agenda uh, forth, I'm not with it, man. Bella, what yeah, do you think? 
No, absolutely. And to kind of piggyback off of that, I think we've even talked about it here before, Hayes. They want to do an all-female Lord of the Flies movie. Gee, the entire, I, I heard that. Yes. The entire movie is based on testosterone and masculinity. <laughs> you can't just plug women in and just say, hey, look, this would be the exact same. But that's part of the agenda that the uh, ominous they that Billy Ray keeps referring to are trying to push is that there is no difference between the two genders when all you have to do is have met somebody from the opposite gender to know that's not true. I, but they want to push this like this is a this is a thing that if you are actually recognizing the difference between men and women you're some kind of sexist but these are the same people that will plug in a woman in a man's role or vice versa just for the sake of doing so and then tell you not to look at the gender i i it, it's contradictory because it's the premise is silly the message is silly and the fact that people are eating it up with a spoon is even sillier oh god yeah yeah, and, and I mean, especially when you look at like uh, the example Billy Ray gave of, of changing James James Bond into a woman. For example, it, it, you don't need to change that character in a woman. There was a movie called Salt with Angel, Angelina Jolie that was really good. She was a, a spy and, a, and all that, a double agent. You don't need to change James Bond into a woman to push uh, to to show that a woman can do those type of things. Like build a character that's meant to be a woman and add depth to it you don't just have to go gender swapping just to say hey now james bond is a woman no but that's what they'll do is that they'll they'll swap in um i don't know pick an actress uh, ashley judge she's a super liberal so they'll throw her into these things so now she's james bond and then the james bond brand will will draw people to the theater and they'll say look a female starred movie a female uh, spy movie did did x numbers it's like no james bond still did those numbers whether or not a woman was playing the role whereas salt was a perfectly fine movie but probably didn't run anywhere near the the box office numbers that a james bond movie would make and so it's a push to and, and you know i'm coming off as as anti-woman and i'm sure by now most of your listeners know that is not the case but for anybody who's new like i'm all full-blown egalitarian like women and men should have the same amount of rights and i think they do currently and which is why when i when i see people pushing these sorts of agendas it drives me completely crazy women you, you no one's oppressing you you make up more than 50 percent of the population we're not trying to oppress you as a matter of fact a lot of you have way more power over things than we do because you control us <laughs> <laughs> don't say that hillary may be listening um uh, well, she controls everything. <laughs> <laughs> the worst human being on the planet but uh we'll, we'll go man <laughs> Oh God! I just fucking I hate Hillary Clinton. Um, but to to get back, uh, well, before we move on and and get back into kind of the message of Black Panther, is there anything left on this topic? Either one of you guys want to say before we move on? I want to make sure everyone gets everything they want off. No, I think we're pretty good. Well, I I don't want to speak for you, Bella, but uh, I I think we can move on to Black Panther and show examples of this in Black Panther of agenda pushing because it does exist. Uh. In the movies, I, I trust everybody in the world has seen this movie already. So I don't think we'll be spoiling anything for anyone. We'll just be analyzing. But if you haven't seen it, uh, go watch it. Yeah, and, w- yeah. and once you do see it, definitely check out the Awakened Souls review of Black Panther, um, episode 34. But we, we will talk, not really a review, but we'll talk about some of the themes and the messages in Black Panther. And I kind of pointed out on a review that uh, the, the women characters in, in, in Black Panther were, were much more... Um, capable fighters uh, well, formidable, formidable fighters than, than Black Panther but to talk about some of the themes in it um, the whole co- colonialism 
um, separating yourself uh, uh, from the world and kind of inverse of now there's this country in Africa that can go out and help or dominate the other countries rather than um, the the inverse of that of, of, of what's happened. Uh, Bello, I'll come to you first on this one. What did you think about the messages um, in Black Panther and, and some that you got out of it? And then also we'll talk about how, how social media is pushing just certain aspects of it as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'll stay with the, the, the colonialism type aspects to it up until like the very, very end of the movie where T'Challa ultimately declares that they are going to come out and spread their 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 technology and their culture throughout the world and try to help and make things good. Like up until that point, uh, Wakanda basically was all of the evil things that people like to paint our, our current American uh, immigration system as. They were isolationists. They were nationalists. They wanted to maintain their culture by not letting outsiders in and it became like obviously one of if not the most powerful and wonderful places in all of the world within the mcu but um you know obviously the end that whole speech you know damn well i was triggered by t'challa ah, saying yes you know, <laughs> only fools build barriers when they could be building bridges and yes that was the whole thing is that t'challa the wise warrior prince uh turned king is now uh spreading the wealth and 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 instead of being an isolationist nationalist like his father in previous Black Panthers and Wakandan kings had been, uh, he's going to uh, he's going to like I said spread their culture and and come out of the shadows if you will uh, based on some of the trailers that I've seen for Infinity War that doesn't end very well so let's keep that in mind but neither here <laughs> n- neither here nor there at the moment um, but then I also got one other big theme from this uh, was that apparently women are right about everything I can totally buy the whole women warrior thing it's happened before in movies it's happened in reality women can can achieve great things as great if not greater than any man that they come in contact with Uh, again full-blown egalitarian over here Uh, but nonetheless the whole message towards the end with T'Challa making that decision really stems from his love interests who was otherwise going to leave Wakanda uh, because she was so desperate to help other people outside and ultimately she convinces him whether by by word or just by sheer emotion and he goes ahead and, and pulls the trigger on uh, on opening things up in the Wakandan borders so um you know i guess i guess the the big messages were uh you know anti-nationalist anti-isolationist as well as women are right about everything <laughs> Oh man! Well, once you get married, I think you'll uh, kind of understand that a little bit differently, Bello. But we'll c- <laughs> I'm coming to you, coming to you, Billy Ray. What do you What do you think about all that? Uh, slightly different, but more or less on the same lines. I think you know. I did not want. Uh, you know, you guys are really good with names. You Chicago, whatever. I never followed Black Panther. Okay, I'm just watching this movie. I never collected Black Panther. Uh, comic books this is all new to me oh, okay? same here for the record and it's all new to a bunch of people too so okay so don't don't, don't stop fronting like oh i've been i've been following the black panthers since the 90s no you haven't um just saying maybe you haze all right but uh, other people i don't know anyway um so i was against uh, him letting other people in man actually uh I- i've seen a lot of movies <laughs> where you know people have this great technology and they let everybody else in on it and it goes to hell. So I didn't want him to do that, but I did uh, appreciate at the end, even though I know where they were getting at with that, that speech, that bellow reference, it's a definite uh, throw a stab at, at, at Donald Trump. I mean, they threw that in there on purpose without a doubt, but um, I didn't take it as, as a, 
you know, tearing down your your uh, your borders. I took it more as we're going to help develop the rest of the world while, while keeping our own identity, uh, more or less, like uh, while, you know, and that's what it should be, I think. Uh, and that's what America, quote unquote, is supposed to be, right? We're supposed to help the rest of the world, which I don't know if that actually happens, but this is the ideal. Um help the rest of the world and and try to spread liberty and democracy. So uh, Wakanda would try to spread uh, the artificial intelligence that they've created and the technology and the, and the, the health and, and the wealth and all this other stuff to the rest of the world. They don't necessarily have to let people in their country to do that. Does that make sense? Yeah, Bella? absolutely. Yeah, I'm sorry, Hayes. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, no, I was just agreeing with you, but go ahead, Bella. No, no, it, it makes total sense. I think it's more, you know, it, it's clearly a metaphor of some degree. I don't, I don't think people are going to just suddenly from all corners of the world start living in Wakanda, but it's just the fact that they had cut themselves off. They had this great society that w- would have sustained itself forever. And now, in a sense, they are sort of putting themselves in jeopardy by exposing themselves to the world. The rest of the world's going to figure out very quickly that they have all of this technology, they have all these weapons, they have the world's most powerful uh, substance or world's hardest metal and all that kind of stuff. And while, yes, the starving children of India are going to benefit from this, so will the people uh, that are out there trying to cause harm in the world, as well as, you know, like the ISISs of the world are now going to try to be getting into Wakanda and getting some hands on some vibranium, and that's going to create a whole lot of other problems for other people in other parts of the world. Not to say that that's a direct correlation to America, but at the end of the day, I think T'Chaka and the previous kings certainly had something going here where they they were not only protecting themselves, but in a sense, protecting the world by keeping themselves in the shadows and separated from everybody else. So uh, whether, again, that's a direct correlation to the U.S. in any way, shape or form, I don't think it is at this point from this tangent that I've gone on. But uh, but nonetheless, it is it, it was a dramatic shift in a powerful nation uh, and, and their diplomacy moving forward. And, and again, seeing the trailers for Infinity War doesn't end well. <laughs> well, that's d- completely different, though, Bella. That's that's due to a damn alien race coming in. Come on, Bella. Oh, an alien race, you say. All right. Yes, yes. <laughs> an a- uh, alien race. So maybe from yeah. where? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Maybe those walls would have helped in that case, but uh, <laughs> what I'm saying. <laughs> By the way, folks, to trigger all of my friends and coworkers, my new solution to everything is I just build a wall around it. So uh, I'm like, you know what? You you just stay over there. In fact, I've just built a wall around you. And my coworkers like, what do I do? I'm like, you just sit there. That's it. You're 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 your own country now. I've built a wall around my cubicle at work in in order to <laughs> isolate everyone else. Uh, it's just what I do. Wow. Well, well damn. They're the, they're the solutions to everything. <laughs> so what, what, do we, what do we think about um, or what, what do each one of you guys think about just the um, the social issues in, in Black Panther as far as like um, how true or how African it felt, how everyone had an accent, just that culture being very well represented. And and I even mentioned before, like even in the 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 ships and the hovercraft like it was very african in design um billy ray what what did you think about that well you know what um i love the movie i thought it was good i really did i don't think it was the greatest uh but i thought it was good um to that point i think there were a lot of things that disney or marvel whatever you want to say i mean marvel is owned by disney so let's say disney uh put in that movie for a reason 
as far as the social aspect of it, right? And uh, this is going to piss some people off. And uh, it, it is what it is. Um, I think Hayes uh, can attest to the fact that I am not a racist. <laughs> Let me just throw that out there. Um, uh, most of my family is black, by the way. So just to let you know. Um, and I'm a Latino American and no, I am not for the wall, no matter how much I like to uh, joke around with Andrew Bello, uh, because not only does it keep people out, but it keeps our asses in like CeeLo Brown said a long time ago. So I'm against that, but check it out. Right. And feel free to disagree with me guys. Uh, all hate mail at open one, you know me on Twitter. Um, this was a massive, a massive, uh, how do you say it? A, a, a massive ploy on the part of Disney. What a what a what a marketing ploy, man. I mean, they got everybody all riled up about this movie, right? And what was the main um object? No, I don't want to say objective, the main object that they used, the main tool that they used to get people excited about this movie. It was race. Race. That's what it was, right? So yeah. the Black Panther is black. I get that. Um I didn't want to watch it because he was a black man. I wanted to watch it because it was an excellent uh, superhero movie that I wanted to watch. You understand? Like, and the blackness uh, aspect of this movie was really blown to another level. I was listening to your review uh, with the guys from, uh, from uh, what is it, Unsaturated? Oversaturated. The Oversaturated, yeah. the podcast. And it's Ralph and Johnny, right? Yes, sir. All right. So Johnny said something that that uh, that triggered me for a second. Right. And uh, he goes this to be an all black film. You know, th there was a there was a white guy in it and, you know, kind of pissed me off. I wanted it to be an all black film. And I know he kind of said it tongue in cheek. I, I really don't think he cares if there was a white guy in it. But there was some truth to that comment. Uh, and what what does that you know, if uh, if I was sitting here being a white man and I said, you know, I wanted this to be an all white film. What would the reaction be to that? You know, and, and this is how we're being manipulated. What a what a marketing ploy by Disney to get everybody out there. Thirty seven percent of the people who saw it opening day were black. The most um, the most black viewers for a film, I think, ever uh, for an opening day, according to a statistic I read. Um, the rest of the people, 35 percent. And that's not the rest of the people, but 35 percent of the people were white which also hints at this racial thing. It doesn't exist. While people, and not to say that it doesn't exist, it does exist in small patches, but overall, racism is, is not a thing. You know, we get along most of the time. Mm -hmm. But they bring up issues like this and they stir up race to divide us. And this is one of the way they divide us. And when people like, like Johnny, and what's up, Johnny? Listen, not much love, okay? But when people say things like that, that triggers a reaction, right? Um, it triggers a reaction from people who don't want to hear that, right? Or say, why do they get to get away with this and we don't? And that has created the alt-right. And the alt-right comes around and they're like, no, 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 get, get out of our countries, you know, and they're not uh, pro-black. They want to be pro-white. And then black people turn around and they're like, that's racist. And then we have a problem. And this is what this movie has done. It has, it has, while it's uplift, uplifted black people in a lot of ways, uh, it's actually done more damage than it has um, done good, in my opinion. Because it's, it's 
digging a deeper wedge into race relations in this country, which in all actuality on the day to day are fine. But on the media, in, in, in the media's eyes, they are not fine. We have the Colin Kaepernick issue. We had um, a kneeling for the national anthem, police brutality, all this other stuff. And it's really been they highlight the negatives and don't talk about the positives. And that's what, you know, in a lot of ways, what they've done with this movie. Just 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 one of the social aspects that they hit. We'll get into another one later. That's what I'm thinking. Hayes, am I off base? No, no, I, I, I can completely understand. It's like and people don't get don't realize it, like how the race thing it kind of settles. And then it's always a catalyst to stir it up. Some of that is meant positively. Some of it's not. But I, I definitely agree with you there. I 100 percent agree with you. Thank you. <laughs> Come on, Bello. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I I loved uh, T'Challa from like the second he popped on the scene in Civil War. I'm like, all to right. Point, let me let me get at that because you're absolutely right. As soon as I saw him on Civil War, I was like, this guy is great. He is amazing to the point where I don't want to hear him talk English. Okay, like when he talks English, I'm like, oh man, like he he had me uh so drawn into the character. I legit believed this guy was from Africa. That's how good he is. Like, I mean, the regal, he was so regal. He just the way he carries himself is like a king from Africa. I believed it, you know. So there you go. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Uh, um, but uh, yeah, basically. So I see, I see him in Civil War. I'm like, all right, I'm all in on this character. Much like you, didn't follow the comics, didn't really know a whole lot about the character, but heard he was popping up, wanted to see what he was about. Left Civil War going like, oh, this is awesome. Then they go to that ending scene. They show the Black Panther. They show the Roman Wakanda. They show Bucky's there. He's getting put in the cryogenic freezer. I'm all about this movie. And then I see the release date, and I'm like, oh, it's in February. This is going to turn into a massive like as soon as it clicked with me that they were releasing this movie during Black History Month. I was just like, oh, now I see what this is going to turn into. And again, if you're a black person out there, you feel empowered or comforted or in any way, shape or form that you have a role model like T'Challa, who by all means, excellent role model. If you're looking for a role model, awesome. Like no one's trying to hinder your ability to seek comfort in your entertainment or empowerment from this character. But you got to see through the fact that they, I mean, they, they could have, the only way they could have made this more blatant is if they like released the movie on Martin Luther King's birthday. This whole <laughs> thing was just entirely driven around this whole idea that it, it's, you know, it, it's this, it, I don't even know. I don't even know what how to exactly frame it. It's almost like it's like this revolutionary thing. Like Blade never happened. Like there's never been a black superhero that's ever existed before. Like this is this is the first time. This is this is black Superman. This is everything. And it's like yes, that's all great. I think young black boys and girls absolutely need a superhero of their own. And I like that they didn't just plug it in and make it black Superman or black Batman or whatever the case may be. Like they have its own character. But my God, yeah, the whole agenda uh, that that's being pushed behind it. And it's not actually only in the movie. It's all the press that surrounds it. Like I'm well, reading. That's what it is. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm, I'm reading articles about like, oh, Wakanda is a shining example of what Africa could have been like without colonization. And I'm like, I'm sorry. Did a fucking meteor of vibranium fall on <laughs> Africa that I didn't know existed? Like, I mean, look, it could could Africa have been a great civilization had it not been kind of torn apart? Well, not kind of absolutely torn apart through colonization and various other horrible social things that have gone there. Yeah, maybe. 
could have been. No, it was, Bello. It was. It was. It wasn't like, could it, it could have be like, been? Yeah, it could it be like a world power was. today, for all it, we know. But was it going to ever be Wakanda? Is anything Wakanda? Any, nothing's Wakanda. It doesn't exist. <laughs> and, and here's the deal, right? Um, Sorry to jump on this, but I, I was going to save this point for later, and maybe we can analyze it later, but... um. There was a there was a, another specific agenda to this, and this is all of the Marvel movies. Not all of them, but a lot of them is uh, artificial intelligence and technology, right? And they made they made Wakanda like an artificial intelligence hub, like the technological marvel of the world that uh, no one knew about, you know. And and there's a lot of benefits to AI. There's a lot of benefits to technology. We're talking to each other through technology right now. I love the internet. There's a lot of things that I love about it. Do I think it's natural? No, I don't think it's natural. I don't think this is what we should be doing. Because right now, while I'm enjoying a conversation with two very good people that I wouldn't even know if it wasn't for technology, there's so much radiation hitting my face right now looking at the screen. And it's what I do 24-7 is look at a computer screen because I got to work and then I got to come home and then I do my own enjoyment on the computer, even though I know it's giving me radiation. You know, it's not exactly the most uh, uh, the wisest thing to do. It might be very clever. It's not very wise. And uh, and uh, you sound like you got something to say. You got something no, to say? go ahead. Keep, keep going. Keep going. And Wakanda. Right. And they, they made it into this technological marvel. Let's go back uh, to ancient Kemet. If you don't know what Kemet is, that is Egypt, right? And that is in the continent of Africa. And we still look there today. Kemet means the black lands, all right? They say it was for for uh, the fertile soil that it had. You can take it for something else altogether. There were black people in Kemet. That Those are the people that created the pyramids, unless you believe that aliens did it, um, which is all well and good if that's what you want to believe. Um, but it was still in Africa. And how did these things get built? Because they don't find any technology of any sort, of any modern day technology, I should say, anywhere. And they were built back then better than anything that we can do now. So that's what we should be looking at, right? That's what Africa produced. Those are the civilizations that once lived there, not fictional Wakanda. Get me? Absolutely. Yeah, I, I definitely agree there. But that brings me in what I was getting ready to interject. And when I was watching this show, and Billy Ray, I don't know if you've um, seen it or not, but have you heard of the show called Altered Carbon on Netflix yet? No, I have not. Put me on. Okay, so you remember... It, I, it may have even been a year ago, but me and you one day were having a conversation about the fact that our children's children may not even be human. They people want to merge with AI and technology. Yeah. This that show is is directly. Uh, I feel like a result of that con- that conversation in the show. All humans are implanted with a disc in the back of their neck that their their consciousness is basically loaded on. And they move these discs into different bodies. They, they they call the human body now sleeves because it's just a object for your consciousness to go into. And your consciousness is really all all downloadable on this disc in the, in the base of your brain and uh, on the back of your spine. So all throughout the show, people are popping up in different bodies. Um, there's one girl who was traumatized and she at the end, like 
her consciousness is uploaded and she goes into a machine body and can it, it's it's like i said it's almost a direct i feel like a direct result of this conversation me and you had not so long ago so once you do get to see it me i'm gonna have to invite you back so we can talk about it because it, it just brought back home that it, that episode of infinite fringe when you, when you were talking about people wanting to merge with technology and it's honestly kind of scary because you know and you've pointed this out enough times on your show when when you start seeing TV shows like that and they're, and they're popping up and you start seeing artificial intelligence everywhere, I feel like it may be trying to get us used to this idea so that when they introduce it, maybe a hundred years from now, it's not that foreign of a concept. It's it's definitely, definitely scary. And, and you told me a, a, a long time ago, I was in the rabbit hole. I may never come out. And it's crazy because it's, it's definitely coming true now. Yeah. Once you get in, you never come out. I'm sorry, Hayes. I didn't mean for that to happen. Uh, <laughs> so somebody handed me a book one day and it happened to me. Uh, it's just the way it is. Uh, you know, but you're absolutely right. Um, and once they're putting it on television, it's probably already been done. Uh, that's just the fact of it. And th- this is a fact. This is not a, a theory. Uh, they've been experimenting with this for a long, long time. This is their ultimate goal. They want to transfer our consciousness into other bodies as a way of living forever. Um, and and they're acclimating it. This is what culture creation means. Uh, they put it out in a movie and we are like, wow, wouldn't it be cool to be Iron Man? Or wow, wouldn't it be cool to be the Black Panther? Look what he can do. And he's pretty much merged with a machine. I mean, we pretty much mer- we're merged with machines now. We all have... Uh, smartphones and we all have computers. We all have, well, the smartphone is or or uh, Apple Watch or these smart watches that are attached to us and we walk with them, you know, so it's pretty much that already. But they're going to graduate to have them inside of us. And when we see a movie like Black Panther and we see him doing the things that he does, it's amazing and it's awesome. And I want to do that. And you want to do that. And your kids want to do it. And at one point, we're going to be able to do that. But at what cost? And that's my thing. Yeah, we. I feel like we talked a lot, Bello. Anything you have you have to say on on kind of what me and uh, mainly Billy Ray kind of just unloaded. <laughs> sorry, I apologize. Yeah, no, sorry. you're fine, <laughs> Bello. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. You were breaking up just a tad there. What what what'd you say? I was saying, is there any anything you have to say about uh, what me and BVR BRV just kind of unloaded? No, well, you know, I mean, it's just one of those things. Like it's the more and more we that, that we become dependent on this stuff, the more and more that we're all we all know. Even Billy Ray just said in, in his his minute diatribe there uh, that you know that he knows that this tell that this screen he's looking at is giving him radiation. Yet he's still sitting here looking at it. And mm-hmm. the more and more that we rely on these things, we we can't like I swear to God I make a conscious effort to not pick up my phone up every five seconds. I still pick my phone up every five seconds. Like I just I've done it seven times during the course of this conversation already. <laughs> and it, it's just it's just habit. Um, but having said that, like it's it's one of those things that we I think collectively as a society need to just not whether or not we are able to implement those actions in actually restricting our technology we can never actually let it leave our minds like for instance i will never own an alexa i will never own an alexa folks if you ever come to my house and you see an alexa i've been taken over and that is not me that is a clone i will never (laughs) ever ever own an alexa because i don't want those things in my house listening to me whether i'm doing any 
anything that's worth listening to or not. I still think we live in America. I want my damn freedom, and I don't want Jeff Bezos listening in on my conversations. Okay, so that, it's just one of those things that you you got to make some sort of conscious effort to detach yourself from it. Be in touch with your humanity. Like we are human, we are flawed, and that is part of the wonder that is existence. Um, uh, we don't need the, the technology to fill in every little gap, and then to kind of hop on the the little bit of the predictive programming. Like I said, Netflix is essentially some sort of just cesspool of predictive programming they've got that will smith movie where we're living amongst aliens now they've got uh the the show that you had just talked about which i'm gonna have to check out as well altered carbon where we've now fused with machines uh they had wormwood on not too long ago which is all about mk ultra mind control which is something that like unless you're diving deep into the conspiracy uh you know kind of stuff on the infinite fringe or the conspiracy horseman you are like completely unaware that this was an actual thing that actually existed it's an actual government program and they're just putting it out there in like a mockumentary and just like oh wouldn't it be crazy if no no it actually fucking happened <laughs> yeah it's a it's a dark dark world we 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 live in people and i just it's is the awakening so i hope that uh you know for those that that tuned out once we get got too far i hope you guys come back and you guys will wake up eventually but for those who stayed just be prepared i'm sure there's going to be even more even more that's going to wow you and uh kind of shock you over the course of this podcast but um fellas anything left to say on the messaging before we get ready to take a brief break and then come back and talk about something a little bit more fun well i will say this and i'll be quick um about black panther they did reference the astral plane on several occasions and that was back to the spirituality of mankind which i think is the right way to go and uh, they did that, but then they overshadowed it a lot with the AI, with artificial intelligence. But uh, let's remember what we can do as as a as a as a race, and I mean a human race. And uh, and and that was a good uh, example of what we can do and what our ancestors used to do uh, back in the day to get in touch uh, with their creator and their and their own ancestors. So something to just put a positive spin on it. Absolutely, absolutely, Bello. Yeah, I'll I'll echo that. <laughs> <laughs> all right we're gonna take a brief break when we're gonna come back on the other side of that we're gonna talk about the legend one of the greatest to ever do it and that is prince roger nelson aka just prince Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to get through this thing called life electric word life it means forever and that's a mighty long time but i'm here to tell you there's something else i want to be Ladies and gentlemen, we are back with a special cipher segment, but this isn't one where we're going against each other or anything. As I said, we're here to talk about the legendary Prince. Um, fellas, I don't know. Well, Bello, me and you briefly talked about uh, you and, and 
how you were going to prepare for this segment. Uh, so I'm going to come to you first on this one, just right out the gate. What's your favorite Prince song? My favorite Prince song, uh, it's probably, uh, no, it's Get Off. Get Off is, is probably my favorite Prince song. That beat is just so cool. The fucking flute or whatever is going on there, all that kind of stuff. Uh, admittedly, when I first got into Prince, I knew, I don't know, not even a handful of songs. But then I had a buddy that I was working with at the time was obsessed and would constantly put mostly like the greatest hits and all that kind of stuff on the jukebox at the work uh, at the at the place that we were working and then ultimately kind of took the deep dive hadn't really taken it in a while but when you told me that we were going to start talking about it here my god i just the last week nothing but prints i've worked myself through no less than 10 albums and that's not even scratching the surface but that's just in the last week and uh yeah get off probably my favorite prince song fair enough what about you be uh billy ray there's too many you know, yeah. to, to actually pick one. But if I had a gun to my head, I would have to say Little Red Corvette. And I know it's uh, it's either that or Kiss. And both of those are are classics, you know. So they were like, you know, m- maybe I should have dug into the crate. But those are my favorites. What a beautifully written song Little Red Corvette is. It's just a gorgeous, gorgeous song. Um, I love the entire Purple Rain album. So everything on there is great. If you want to dig into the crates, uh, fill you up. I love it. Uh, sexy motherfucker. Um, yes. Okay, you asked me for one. So I'm just going to give you Little Red Corvette, but I can go all day, man. I know. Yeah, it's definitely one of those things where you can just keep going. Little Red Corvette is definitely, definitely up there. Kiss as well, as you mentioned. Um, so just off the to, – to try to – uh, suggest one that hasn't already been said. Um, let's go crazy. I don't know if that. I don't know because yes. that that was before, well before I was born. But I just there's something about that song that I love. I don't know how big it got. If it was one of his biggest singles or not. But let's go crazy <laughs> one of the was biggest amazing. songs of all time. Oh, right? was it? Is it? I, I honestly, yeah, yeah. So and my mom wasn't a big Prince fan. I got into Prince completely on accident. So um, just my story and how I got into Prince. My mom. Was like I said, was not a big Prince fan, and that's how I got introduced to a lot of the old music was through my mom. But one day I was riding in the car, my uncle picked me up from school, was randomly in town, and decided to pick me up from school uh, early. And when we were in the car, he was listening to Prince, and I had never—I was like eight—I had never heard Prince really before, and I was like, "Who is that?" He was like, "This—that's Prince," and he left me uh, Prince's album, and it was Purple Rain. Um, and he was like, you know what? You can keep this. I, I can get another one. You you need to you need to hear this. And been a Prince fan ever since. Dearly beloved, we have gathered here today to get <laughs> through this thing called life. Uh, it, it's it's uh, oh man. Um, I think Prince is arguably the greatest of all time, and I know uh, that's gonna automatically cause debate, right? Uh, there's Stevie Wonder, of course, is Michael Jackson, right? James Brown. Um, but uh, Prince is just to to get all the elements together in one. He was an excellent dancer, or like a ridiculous dancer. He was a ridiculous guitar player, a ridiculous songwriter. He had a he had a um a flair for melody. He knew how to put together a song. Uh, and and classic songwriter. Like what I mean, what else? Like who embodies that now? And to have the longevity that he did, who does that? You know. So anyway, go ahead. No, no, I mean, I, I completely agree with you. And, you know, with, with Prince, um, we'll talk his debut album for you, 1978, I believe, which wasn't really a huge hit. Um, but, I mean, 
to to and we'll we'll be all day if we go step by step through the through the life of Prince. But I definitely wanted to mention just because you you said longevity. His first album came out in, in 1978, and he released music all the way until when was his last? Was it 2000 and like seven? He was still releasing music. Uh, think, more uh, recently than that. More recently yeah, up, than that. Up until close to his death, he had an album. Yeah, that's crazy. Just and there's crazy. like no less than half a dozen in the vault that'll be coming out post mortem as well. So oh yeah, absolutely. He, he may be gone, but we are far from hearing all of Prince's music. So uh, I mean, and 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 I'm sure just by us talking about this, we'll touch on on a couple of topics that I that I sent you. But um, Prince, I I I love him. Every it seems like everyone here on this panel loves him. Almost everyone loves Prince, but. Do you guys consider him to have as big of a cultural impact uh, uh, as like a Michael Jackson? Uh, Billy Ray, I'll come to you first since I know you're a huge Prince fan. Um, do, do you see him at, as that same level as Michael Jackson? Not personally, but as far as like the, the way the world views him. When, when, um, when Purple Rain came out, I think I was three years old. Um, and I was telling Bello earlier this week, uh, my mom got me a few albums. My mom and my aunt, actually, who happens to be sitting in my living room right now. Um, she, my aunt actually took me to see the Purple Rain movie. I had no business seeing that movie as a kid, but she <laughs> took me to see it. <laughs> anyway, um, and uh, so two out of the four or five albums that I had was, of course, uh, Purple Rain. And uh, then I got Thriller. I don't know which one I got first. I can't remember. I knew I had them both at some point. And, um, uh, man, uh, yeah, at the time it was who's better Prince or Michael Jackson. You know, if, if we want to relate it to professional wrestling, uh, Bret Hart or Shawn Michaels or Hulk Hogan and the ultimate warrior, or, you know, it was, it was Prince and Michael Jackson. Is he on a level of a Michael Jackson? I think a lot of people consider him on the level of a Michael Jackson, but overall, I think Michael Jackson gets the nod, right? He's like considered the greatest of all time while Prince is considered one of the greatest of all time. So that's the difference there. Um, I would take Prince over Mike personally, but I think Mike is considered the greatest of all time. Yeah. Yeah. And do you, do you think that has anything to do with the fact that we kind of saw Michael well, not us? Cause I, I wasn't born, but just the, in, in public, he was in the public eye from a kid until his death. Do you think that that's part of why people attach themselves maybe more to Michael Jackson? Yeah, I think that, and the fact that, um, you know, Mike was a pop artist for almost forever. He had songs written for him a lot. Uh, he performed them great, you know, and he did do a lot of his own stuff also, but, uh, Prince was different. Prince was, he wasn't trying to be that Prince was trying to do whatever he wanted to do. And he wanted to own his own music and he wanted to have his own feel. And he wanted, you know, he, he wanted to be who he wanted to be. Mike, I think was guided into a position, uh, to be the greatest of all time. And of course he had the talent to do that, but, um, he was more pop. It had more appeal to the masses than a lot of the later Prince albums or even like uh, even with the diamonds and pearls, you know, it wasn't a ta- it wasn't. And that's I only re- reference that album because of get off and to relate it to Bello, even with that album, it just wasn't super mainstream. It's kind of different. He always went kind of against the grain or trying to do something that was Prince ish. Mike was very pop. He was very, very fan friendly. Does that make sense? Yeah, completely. I completely completely agree with you there. Bella, what are your thoughts here, man? 
Yeah, no, I, I think you were on to something there, Billy Ray. I mean, to me, and I'm, 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 I'm probably going to offend a few Michael Jackson fans, but it's like, to me, he was far more the performer and Prince was the musician. Like Absolutely. Prince, you could take Prince's sheet music and put it up against like anybody's that's ever written music ever. Uh, the guy from all of the stuff that I just listened to in the last week covers any genre of music you could possibly even fathom is somewhere woven into some Prince track, even if it existed before whatever we call that genre now. Uh, there is there is rap, there is rock, there is you know pop, there's jazz, there's classical, and it's just all interwoven with everything. Some albums are like entirely one genre. Some you know from track to track, it completely jumps. Uh, what would essentially be, you know, decades, if not centuries of, of music uh, from from one track to the other. And he very much if you were to, like, ask somebody at the end of the 90s, uh, you know, who's who's like, who's the best? They'd be like there'd be people out there just because of her record sales be like, oh, Britney Spears is the greatest. But clearly she's not the greatest musician that has ever existed uh, the same way, you know, like a Katy Perry sells a ton of records today. But I don't think anybody by any means would take her music over. I don't know, say like a Kendrick Lamar or somebody who's more of like an artist in their in in the way that they perform things. Um, so, yeah, I think Michael Michael inherently because he is poppy and because pop music is really designed for the masses. And in some ways, without insulting anybody again, it's just sort of dumbed down music, which is, you know, uh, it, it, that that's that's why it appeals to such a wide audience is that it is so lowest common denominator a lot of the time, not specifically Michael, but pop in general, uh, that that people across all sorts of, 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 of socioeconomic classes, cultures, gender, whatever you can, you can identify with the music. Whereas you really got to be willing to sit down and think to get through a Prince album. And that, that's one of the things that I think in addition to the music and the diversity of the music, one of the things that I really like in all of my music is, is thought provoking song lyrics and Prince. In addition to all of the other wonderful things that he was doing was definitely providing those. And it, you know, it takes a little bit of patience. You're not going to get it the first pass through. Maybe you're not going to get it at all. Maybe it's going to frustrate you to the point to where you're like, this guy's just weird. And I don't want to listen to him anymore. Let me put thriller back in. And that's cool. You're entitled to that opinion. But, uh, yeah, to me, Prince far more the great musician where Michael being the far greater performer, I guess, if you were to equate it that way. I can I can I can get with that. Uh Billy Ray, have did you ever get to see Prince live? Yes, I did. Uh unfortunately, I was way, way too young to see Prince and the Revolution. And that is the type of performer you put up against Michael Jackson. There are very few things. I just did a show on time travel. If uh, if I got to travel back in time and I had my 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 choices of what to do, uh, seeing Prince and the Revolution at their height would have been one of them. It must have been a ridiculous show. I did see him live. Um, I want to say, don't quote me on this. I have the ticket stub somewhere. It's either 2010 or 2012 uh, in Madison Square Garden. Kim Kardashian was at that show. Um, I know because Why? he brought her. Why? He brought her up on stage, <laughs> you know, because he, he was like, look at this sexy woman. And he brought her up on stage and only Prince could get off with that, could get away with that is what I said. But, yeah, I saw him live. He was excellent, man. And he did. You know, Prince had uh, a reputation for not doing all his hits sometimes just because he didn't want to do them. Uh, when I went, he did everything. He did everything. It was freaking amazing. And um, uh, I've been to a lot of shows. I wouldn't rank it up as one of the best shows I've ever seen. But uh, definitely an experience that I will never forget. Uh, just just to be in the same building 
as Prince. And, you know, he was playing the piano. He was uh, playing a guitar. He was dancing. He was an older guy. He looked limber as hell. He was a fit. That's why so many people were su- surprised when he died, because he's so fit. And he was just looking after his body, obviously. Um, he was a great performer. Never got to see Mike, though. Wish I would have got to see him. I said I did get to see Michael Jackson live. I was wow, yeah, yeah. I was living in Germany. He had came over, and I remember I had asked my mom. I'm like, I have to see Michael. I I have to see Michael while he's here. And uh, she was like, Well, you gotta you gotta talk to your dad about it. And my dad was like, Uh, okay, you want to go see Michael? So what are you willing to do to get to go see it? I'm like, well, What do you want me to do? He was like, I'll tell you if you can go. We'll we'll see how bad you want it. So me being me. I literally was cleaning the whole house every day. There was not anything my mom had to do besides cook because I cleaned everything from top to bottom, everything. And finally, well, he he did give me the tickets. And when he got them, he was like, really? All I wanted you to do was wash my car. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, man, you just reminded me of a conversation that you and I had um, on on this podcast, actually, when we talked about Wu-Tang. I don't know what your sister had to do to get you that. I don't remember exactly, but... It seems as if uh, they manipulated you to do a lot of things for, so, to get the music you wanted. Oh, I th- my dad is a master of manipulation. <laughs> um, that's that's look, my whole family. Like we're, we're we're taught the the art of mental warfare very early. Um, so yeah, mm. <laughs> hell of a way to put it. Uh, yeah, that's that's just uh, shout out to Papa Hayes by the way. Six addictive what up, son Papa of a Hayes? bitch. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I didn't get to see either of these gentlemen live, but I do have a very funny story about Prince performing live. So uh, you guys are probably familiar with the fact I'm a big fan of the rap tandem atmosphere. Uh, Slug from Atmosphere was was telling a whole story once. He's from the Twin Cities out in, out in Minneapolis, uh, you know, Minneapolis, St. Paul area, as is Prince, obviously. And he was telling the story once in an interview where he's in, in Minnesota playing a show. Uh, this is Atmosphere or Slug from Atmosphere. And all of a sudden, he just looks to his left and who's sitting at the piano on stage with him, but Prince himself. Prince just wandered into this club, told the guy who was sitting there without like telling, saying anything to anybody, didn't make a big deal about it, nothing, just wanted to jam and just kick the piano player off the stage. Obviously, the piano player moved and he just sat down and was jamming out with atmosphere for a song or two. Never actually said a word to the guys in the group. Just got up and walked out of there. There's so many stories of Prince doing that. Like he's the only one that can get away with something like that. Somebody else would have got kicked off the stage and beat up in the process. Like Prince just sits down, doesn't say a word to anyone and does whatever he wants to do and looks super cool while he's doing it. Ah, so just what a loss, right? Don't don't yeah. even get, get me started on the time he whooped Charlie Murphy's ass in basketball. That's a whole nother story. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, did you guys happen to hear the story of when he rented Carlos Boozer's house? Nah, man, tell me about it. So, uh, uh, and Carlos told this on, I believe, first take, but uh, some one of the ESPN podcasts. But um, he rented out his house to Prince, and. There was furniture. The house was, was fully furnished and everything. And Prince was supposed to just be renting it for six months or something. And Carlos was in town, called Prince because he wanted, you know, to crash there if, if possible. He said, I pull up and my gates change. He said, it's it's the Prince symbol on my gate. He's like, well, you know, that's <laughs> that's not that big of a deal. He says, I go I go I go into my I go into my house, I unlock the door and it's purple 
everywhere. All my furniture's gone. My the carpets are changed. Everything. He's like, so I'm I'm getting pissed off. I'm calling. I'm calling. I'm calling Prince. He's on tour over overseas. Um, he doesn't answer. He's like, so I hear back from Prince maybe two weeks later, and Prince is like, Carlos, I know you're upset. Everything will be back the way it was when I'm out of the house. I promise you. A month later or whatever, Carlos shows up after Prince is out of there or whatever. He says the house looks like it had never been touched, like nothing had been changed. (laughs) He's like, I was ready to fight. And it's it's just just all types of stories about Prince, like you said, throughout Hollywood. He's just amazing, amazing person. Yeah, man. So, um, your your favorite Prince album? We talked about favorite song. If you can, if you can do one, and I, and I'll go first on this one rather than throw it to you. Um, Dirty Mind, and and that's probably a lot of people's favorite Prince album, but that's my favorite by far. What about you, Bella? Yeah, I was listening to it. I mean, you can't go wrong with Purple Rain. Uh, but uh, I, I have to say, after after doing a couple passes through Diamonds and some, Diamonds and Pearls from top to bottom, in addition to the fact that Get Off is one of my favorites, but just that whole middle chunk of that album is just like kick ass like everything about it and that's another one of those albums where it, it, it's a little bit maybe more on the mainstream poppy side but still like from track to track you're jumping genres it's all over the place you got it just uh, w- one of the things that he does particularly well as if he doesn't do everything particularly well is lay out an album i think that's almost a lost art in and of itself these days is that like you you don't get that full, you know, like track one to track 12. You got to listen through it all the way through. And almost all of his albums really felt like you, you you have to start at the beginning, work your way through it. It's not one of those like hunt and peck on iTunes and pick a handful of songs out. Uh, but Diamonds and Pearls probably my favorite. Uh, but Purple Rain, like right behind it. Yeah, I, I love Purple Rain. I'm just I'm going to take the obvious choice, but it is what it is. It's one of the greatest albums of all time. From top to bottom, it's only nine songs. It's what Let's Go Crazy, and the last song is Purple Rain. Nine songs of perfection. Computer Blue, Darling Nikki, uh, When Doves Cry. It, it, it's just uh, Take Me With You. Uh, you'll be hard-pressed to find an album by anyone that's this good. And the only album that you can put up against with that, in my opinion, is um, Thriller. That's another like masterful, masterful album. And uh, they're obvious choices, but they're obvious choices for a reason. They're that good. So there's not a lot of albums that you can take out and listen to the whole thing from beginning to end. Even if you like the artist, there's one song that you just don't want to listen to. Rage Against the Machine is my favorite band of all time. I think their first album is one of the greatest albums ever made. There's a song that I skip every time. Uh, I just can't listen to it. You know, and and it's it's hard for it's hard for me to to find. First off, albums don't even exist anymore. It's like Bello said, you go and stream whatever whatever it is you want. Um like the Black Panther uh, album that came out. I downloaded Kendrick songs and that's it. I didn't listen to anything else. So it is, it's a lost art completely. But if you want to go back and listen to something masterful, a piece of art, uh, a, a masterpiece, go listen to it. Nine songs. It's not a lot. It's perfect. The perfect number. And it's uh, excellent from top to bottom. Absolutely. I, I, I have to agree with you both there. Um, if there was anyone, anyone who's listened to this who's on the younger side, um, and if you had to suggest three Prince songs to them, uh, Billy Ray, I'm asking you this because you're, you're probably the biggest Prince fan on this panel right now. What would be those three Prince songs? Well, I like, I want to be your lover a lot, right? I have to throw in a little red Corvette because it's my favorite. And, um, yeah, uh, damn it, man. This is tough, right? Like yeah. I would just hand them a bunch of albums and be like, listen to them when you can and call me back. <laughs> uh, 
But um, uh, man, when doves cry, uh, also had it had no 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 baseline to it, you know, which yeah. was crazy to me. Um, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't let him listen to Erotic City or stuff like that because it's you know Prince was a little bit on the on the raunchy side. Um, but but yeah, like I, if I had to pick, I would pick um, Kiss is another one. Did I mention Kiss? No, love that track. Yeah. It's an excellent, excellent track, man. These are these are classic songs that they probably already know, but those would be the three. And if I mentioned a fourth, those would be the fourth. Yeah, yeah. And 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 I want to, and I know this is kind of moving away from just the tracks, but yeah, definitely check out those tracks. Anyone who's not familiar with Prince, but let's not, I because I, I wanted to mention, let's not forget that Prince did the Batman soundtrack, which was yep. huge at that time. And you know, I didn't like it. I didn't like it. <laughs> Really? Still don't, yeah. Wow. Yeah, man. It, it was the one thing I, I wasn't ready for it. I guess I, I was. I, I still don't like it though. It's um. I don't like the. I don't like the Batman soundtrack. What can I tell you? It's not my favorite. A, a lot of people loved it. I just. I didn't. My uh. My daughter didn't like it. She said she she didn't think it was dark enough. This is the type of child I'm raising. <laughs> wow. Uh, but she yeah. She was like, it's Batman. It's supposed to be dark. And I was like, you know what, kid? You actually got yourself a point there. Especially it's like a Tim Burton. Batman movie like I don't know I she she makes a valid point at nine years old but uh yeah I, I figured I could like I was I was trying to go through some of the print stuff that I could go through that wasn't like you know anything that I would want my nine-year-old daughter listening to there's, there's not a lot of it uh so so the Batman soundtrack at least some of it was passable so we were listening to it in the car and she's like you know I just don't I'm not getting Batman and I'm like yeah you're probably right but Smart girl. I like yeah I, I like the I like the album it wasn't one of my favorites that I that I had listened to over the course of the week but yeah, I mean that's 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 pretty significant though to get a nod for a, a soundtrack of that caliber and for Tim Burton, who I'm sure is not like regularly listening to Prince to tap him to do that soundtrack is uh is you know uh, just a, a greater testament to how big and awesome and 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 the fact that that he was and the fact that he could just like take on a soundtrack other than a movie that was basically about him you know like it's one thing to write the purple rain soundtrack it's another thing to just take on the batman soundtrack that's a whole different ball game and and you know it wasn't my favorite wasn't billy ray's favorite but still pretty damn good soundtrack at the end of the day yeah, especially for movie soundtracks back then, it was like they weren't that original. Um, so yeah, I, I, just, I definitely want to mention. We don't have to spend a lot of time on it, but I wanted to to mention it for anyone who was not aware. Um, so I mean, is there anyone in music now that stands out like Prince stood out back then? As as far as like being in their own lane, like it's so much music now that all sounds the same. Is there anyone that stands out to either one of you guys? Bill, you can go first on this one. I don't know about about like being in their own lane, but the only person that is even close and it's not not close to everyone else he's he's i mean the only person that i can even put in the same sentence as prince right now cuz everything is so bad is uh bruno mars bruno mars is excellent that guy's super good and he can dance and he can sing and he writes these songs he writes songs for other people like prince used to uh he's a producer he can play tons of instruments the the guy is really really good i i think some of his songs are really poppy and uh jesus sorry about that i think so, some of his songs are really poppy but um it's not anything that um hold on for a second uh yeah so i think some of his songs are really poppy but i still dig uh bruno mars more or less you know he's he's the closest i think right now all right what about you bella yeah, that that's better than anything I'm coming up with. Uh, only it, the the one thing that that has that I'm hesitant to use this person as a comparison because I know a lot of her music is written for her in conjunction with people that are like full time songwriters doing their own thing, uh, specifically for her. But 
Lady Gaga. She's got that weird ass personality, but she's insanely talented. She's covering a whole gambit of different music while it is all very much pop centric and dance centric. Uh, there are so many different influences that you can hear throughout her music. And again, I don't know how much of it she's contributing herself personally. But uh, if you were to kind of listen to even just the singles that she's released over time, uh, covering a wide enough variety of pop type music and having a weird enough personality and being a cultural icon and a sex symbol. Uh, Lady Gaga is like the closest thing I could come up with, although musically Bruno Mars much closer. I would uh, say. Lady Gaga is not a bad pick because uh, she does a lot of the same things that Bruno does. She can sing and she writes all of these songs or at least a good portion of them. So that's not a bad pick either. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I'm going to have to agree with uh, with with BRV and that that's that's Bruno Mars. I think Bruno Mars is is one of the most creative. Um, I, I started to pick Kendrick here, but Kendrick is still I don't know. I still need this. I need one more album from Kendrick, like a, a completely like unique i think in 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 rap he's definitely different and kind of stands out but i don't know i still feel like at times that kendrick kind of holds back a little bit do do you either one of you guys agree with that as much as i love kendrick and and this is i get a lot of blowback for this i was i was supposed to go see him uh this weekend or last weekend i should say and uh didn't work out i was pretty pissed off about it because i've never seen kendrick live um but uh as much as i love kendrick i i don't think uh he's anywhere close to prince and um, I only say that because the level of musicianship has completely fallen off. And while <clears throat> while Kendrick is a rapper and a poet, he's not a musician. Uh, n- not that I know of anyway. Correct me out there if I'm wrong. But uh, he's not producing these tracks either. Like uh, somebody's Good producing point. a track and he's, he sings over them. I mean, and he raps over them. He's not what Prince was. You know, the, the closest thing, in my opinion, is would be a Bruno Mars or, or a Lady Gaga. Those, those are actual musicians. I think uh, that's dying. And it's a shame, but I, I think it's dying. I don't think Kendrick is is in that league as good as he is. I can agree with that wholeheartedly. So just to, to finish up, go ahead, Bella. No, yeah, I was just going to say, in terms of Kendrick, I think the one thing I really want from him, and it's almost going to sound silly. It's like it's like he's going to take a step back. I want that bullshit poppy, go out there, you know, just, just lay out just the most bullshit bubblegum rap music you could possibly do. Because my one huge criticism of Kendrick is that he, he's too artsy. He's so... Like, you really got to be in the mood to sit down and listen to a Kendrick album. And I'm like, man, I just want that, like, fuck it, it's 70 degrees out, I got the windows down, and I don't even want to have to think about this right now. I want that Kendrick album. That's what that's what I'm hoping comes somewhere down the pike. Well, we'll see. We'll see if we get that or not. But, uh, so you, wait, you want a more poppy Kendrick Lamar? I want I want something that is just I don't know there's there's some the, maybe maybe there's one out there I haven't listened to to be honest I feel like he comes out with records way faster than I can keep up with but um, yeah just like some of the earlier stuff that I listened to it felt like just like it was really trying to be different really trying to be artsy very uh, produced and and almost intricate in a way that I don't really like my music particularly like my hip hop to be it could just be a personal preference okay. I, I, I kind of get what you're getting at there. But the last question of this of the cypher segment, the, the music segment, uh, I, I usually just bring this on people. But I, I wanted to give you guys time to prepare. And that is what style of music, even though I wrote if, which I need to stop doing. What style of music <laughs> would, would you like to see make a comeback? Any genre? Bello. Bello, go ahead, bro. Um, I, I only because you wrote it there. And as soon as I saw it, it, it just stuck with me as like, man, I would kill for an old school good rock album again. Like the 
the, yeah. the littlest bits of, of things that I get that are even close in the last 10 to 15 years, like I fall in love with, like there's a, and, and these are terrible examples because they're not really even true to what I'm talking about. Like I'm, I need like a Led Zeppelin two album again. Like I need a band to just come out with just nine tracks of just rip roaring drum solos, guitar solos, 20 minute solos, like this, that, and the other thing. Like I, I want like true rock music again, but even like the littlest things that I've gotten, uh, uh, Gaslight Anthem is a band that I like. I, I think I recommended them, them to you when we first started talking Hayes. Uh, they kind of have like this modern day Bruce Springsteen thing going on. And in retrospect, it's a good album. Don't get me wrong. If you like that, you know, like they're that. From, kind of uh, they're from Jersey too. I think I think they are. They may have had something to do with it. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, just uh, I, I'm inherently Jersey biased. Whatever the case may be, I'm just I'm a Jersey boy. What can I say? Um, but yeah, they they had like a just a great album, and it and it called back to some of that great rock music that I wanted. And it's not there, but because it was even remotely closer teasing it, like I that that CD played in my car for two years, like without me taking it out. Um, so, so that, and then just like, I don't know, man, the, the, the Foo Fighters, the U2s, like if you watch the Grammys every year, it's the same rock musicians every year and imagine dragons. I'm sorry, folks. It's not rock and roll to me. Like, it's just not, I need, I need something with a little bit more grit, a little bit more blues influence, something I can picture slash jamming out to like that kind of deal. We don't get that anymore. Bring it back. All right. What about you, Billy Ray? I got to agree with Bello. I've done a lot of uh, agreeing with Bello here, but I, I can't pick anything else other than rock and roll music. Rock and roll music is dead. It is dead right now. Um, can it be revived? Maybe. Um, I highly doubt it. Uh, I like Imagine Dragons, at least some songs, but I got to agree with you, man. That's pop music. It's not rock. Uh, I miss the rawness of rock and roll music. There's nothing like it. If you go to a rock um, show, there is absolutely nothing like it. Go see Rage Against the Machine. And Rage Against the Machine, well, you can't go see them now because they hate each other. But uh, uh, Rage Against the Machine is half uh, hip-hop, half rock. Tom Morello is one of the greatest guitar players of all time. Go see that band, one of the rawest live bands ever at the driving. Incredible. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Like, <laughs> That's great. Man, those, those, those guys would destroy a stage. That was a show. And let's keep it more mainstream. Metallica, which is still around. Go see Metallica while you can. ACDC, I heard, ripped it at Coachella uh, not too long ago. And, and these bands, these are 50, 60-year-old guys. Uh, rock is dead. We still have Muse. That's all. You know, of or or maybe uh, what is it? A perfect circle will come out from time to time. There's a nothing like a rock, like a rock show, and I feel like my kids aren't going to be able to see that, and it's sad. It is sad. I had so much fun watching so many live bands, Nine Inch Nails. Uh, geez, it's and and it's dead now, and it makes me cry inside because it's not coming back, Bello. It's not, man. No. It's not coming back, and it's it's uh it's a damn shame, and that's what I want. I would love. To have that again, not only for my kids, but for me, selfishly, I would love to have some raw music come out. Like, I mean, real raw music that wasn't put together by nine or ten people at a record label. You know, that four people got together, each of them play an instrument and they write a song and it's theirs. And and it might not sound perfect, but it freaking rocks. I miss that. That's it. (laughs) Well, damn. Um, <laughs> no, but I, I can I can agree with Rock, but that that wasn't my pick. My my pick, and it's never coming back because it was more closely associated with almost just one person, and that's psychedelic funk, George Clinton type music. Like I I love 
Love that time. You were music. just you were just trashing George Clinton on the red zone. I know. Like four weeks I know. ago. I know. I know. I'm a conflicted man, not, Andrew Bello. It's not his fault. He's a Clinton. It's a different. <laughs> <thing>. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, would, I would donate to that Clinton Foundation, though. That's yeah, yeah. You got to donate to that one, Hillary Clinton. Fuck no. Yeah, she's the worst human being ever in history. Um, <laughs> anything left on this before we end this segment? Give Chelsea time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. On this segment, no, no. I think we're good. <laughs> All right, we're going to take another brief break. On the on the other side of that, we're going to get into uh, Ray Valentine. The Mr. Conspiracy Theory himself is going to give us a conspiracy theory we should all look further into. All right, ladies and gentlemen. So I have the host of the Infinite Fringe. You guys have been been hearing us talk to very intelligent guy. That's Billy Ray Valentine. Uh, what he does over his podcast is he does get into conspiracy theories much deeper than what we're going to be able to get into here. But because of that, I wanted him to bring a conspiracy theory to the awakened soul, something that we all should probably be looking closer into, researching, uh, all that good stuff. Um, so Billy Ray, I'm I'm going to turn this segment over to you, and I am going to just be a standby person on this one go ahead take it away um he's asked me to do this i i didn't know exactly what i wanted to get into and i i i referred to bello a few times to see what i should do because i didn't want to jump into the deep end of the pond so quickly and have people not relate um i'm gonna just throw uh different conspiracy theories the biggest one is uh, the, that got me about black panther and i'm gonna get a lot of heat for this but i'm gonna say it anyway at the end of black panther killamonger uh he goes i'd rather die than uh die for, die than live in um in bondage is that is that correct Hayes? yeah I, more I, or less yeah throw, i think it was like throw me in the ocean or bury me in the ocean uh with my ancestors knew it was better to die then live in bondage. So there you go. Yeah. And, and so many people in the theater got up and started clapping. They're like, yeah, woo, you know, and I'm like, <laughs> cynical ass me sitting there with my boys. And I'm like, well, that got up and started clapping. I'm going to turn around and go to work tomorrow. And, and one of my friends got it. The other one didn't, but we are all living in bondage. <laughs> all of us. And, and, and as crazy as that may sound, it's absolutely true. Uh, get up tomorrow and don't go to work. See how well that goes for you. Um, you might be able to call out, but do it repetitively, repetitively for, for a week or a month. You can't, uh, because, um, we are slaves to this system and uh, the only way to keep us as slaves to the system, because we're all going to become aware that, see, they got smarter about this. They used to beat us up and, and beat us into submission. Now they allow us to think that we're free when in all actuality, we're not. And by they, it's the elite. They are the people that are controlling things. And uh, we're going to keep it at a base level and talk about money so we, we can relate it to one another. That's what it's about. These people will have you work your tail off until you're 60, 70 years old and they can't use you anymore. Bullshit. Not even 60, 70. Now it's like 50. They fire you and that's it. You have nothing left to go to. You have to find another job. We are the only species on the planet Earth that works to survive. And I mean, works like have a job. 
the only species on the planet Earth. It is not natural. Does that make sense to you guys? We're not supposed to be working, but yet we are. We are slaves in our own lives. Everything that goes down is made to happen. They make us slaves, and we are willing participants in the slavery. It is the biggest con ever in the history of mankind. Just saying. Damn. I believe it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how can, how can you not? It's 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 pretty straightforward. Like... Yeah, damn. Exactly. It, it's it's go, yeah. it goes beyond believing, right? It's truth. It is truth. Get up and don't go to work tomorrow. I challenge you, and I and I mean, I mean, don't don't call out, okay? I challenge you for like twenty days. Just don't go to work. See, and then show up on the twenty first day. See how well that goes for you. You have to get up at six. You have to get up at seven. Don't take your kids to school. How about that? Don't do that. Don't take your kids to school for for I don't know for a month. They're going to be knocking at your door ASAP. Where's your kid? Right? Because they want your kid's mind from the beginning. Why don't you get to take care of your kids anymore? You ever thought about something like that? All right. Why don't you have dominance or authority over your own body? They want you to vaccinate yourself and to vaccinate your kids. And they tell you that you have to do this in order to survive, in order to get into school, in order to get into college. You have to do these things. Does that sound like freedom to you? <laughs> it's not, you know, so either you're, you're being very honest with yourself or you can be in denial. But this is not a matter of opinion. This is fact. Is there a way out of the slavery? Yeah, you got to be super ultra rich. And I don't mean a CEO, not, 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 not knock on you, Hayes. Uh, <laughs> CEOs work really, really, really hard. OK, <laughs> they're in these offices 24 seven. They are slaves to their own job, too. Um, we are all slaves. This is a prison planet. That is the ultimate conspiracy. It, it, um, it embodies every other conspiracy that's gone down. Any other thing you can think of at the root, you will find this. Yeah. Just a, that's it. Man. Um, well, listeners, uh, I, if, I'm not speechless very often, but I mean, there's not much left to, to really say on that. That's laid out pretty clear. Bello, anything you got to say on it? Yeah, I mean, well, I've always got something to say, uh, but <laughs> there's, um, yeah, I mean, and I think it's important to kind of focus on 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 the they in this scenario. And you 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 painted them as the elite Billy Ray. Uh, that that's a perfectly good description of them. I think it's vague enough and yet specific enough at the same time. Uh, when when people that that talk about these kinds of conspiracies, they start using pronouns like they, like people start seeing uh, a, a room full of shrouded figures and there's some smoke and maybe a human sacrifice. It's it's not. The, I would say a majority of people who subscribe to these types of theories do not think that that is actually the case, although there are some instances where that might actually be the case. Uh, but to me, I always just look at it from the perspective of folks, if you're listening to this and you're in a you're not in your car, but you're in any room, any standard size room, just recognize that everything that happens on this planet is decided by an amount of people that you could fit in that room. There are a dozen people making all of the decisions for the rest of us 8 billion, and that's sort of where the crux of all of this starts, is that you ultimately have just such a, a, a super, super, super exclusive elite that created the money system, created the working enterprise, created all of the social constructs and corporations and this, that, and the other thing. Somewhere, somewhere along the line, that started with a room full of people. And now it's expanded all across the globe to 8 billion people. And that room full of people 
is still very much in charge of everything. And just to bounce off of that, this is admitted. There's nothing theory about this, all right? Now on on Fox or on CNN, pick whichever you want, however you want to get your fake news, uh, MSNBC, pick them. If you're a conservative, if you're a liberal, they're all talking about the deep state, all of them. A few years ago, you said anything like the Illuminati, the secret government. <laughs> you said that. Yeah. yeah. They looked at you like you were freaking crazy. Now, everyone, including the president of the United States, is talking about the deep state. Barack Obama talking about the deep state. Donald Trump talking about the deep state. Hillary Clinton talking about the deep state. You know, what's the deep state? You ever st- stopped and think about that? They were like, oh, the deep state is uh, manipulating everything. The the deep state is working against uh, Donald Trump or the deep state is working against uh, the FBI or whatever. Who's the deep state? You ever thought about that? Just just go into into that a little bit. Who is the deep state? Who are the elite, right? And you'll never get to the the actual controllers. Controllers have made it so they don't exist in the public eye. You think they give a damn if you know who they are? They don't. They don't want to. They don't want you to know who they are. They don't care. You know, they, they'll they'll march out Hillary Clinton out there, or George Bush, or or even what is it, George Soros, or a guy like uh, who's this piece of filth that was um uh what is it in uh, in a Fortune mag next to Jay Z for philanthropist. I forget his name. Whatever. Go look at that. Um, I forget his name, dude. I, I don't know. I'm drawing a freaking blank. He's always eating ice cream. By the way, I need oh, help. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Uh, he's always eating ice cream. <laughs> yeah, he is. He's always eating ice cream. Anyway, this dude, um, these people is what I mean. Those are the people that are the henchmen in reality. They they really don't have the control, but they have the money. Uh, Bill Gates is another one. You know, Bill Gates is a real piece of crap. Um, he <laughs> he wants to vaccinate the whole third world, but yet his kids um are on a different um a vaccination schedule than everyone else if they're even vaccinated at all you know but 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 he wants to force uh, uh vaccinations on everyone you know and, and he admitted if you guys really want to get into some fringy crap and it's not even fringy because most of the world knows about it already and if you don't you should go google bill gates talks about eliminating most of the population on earth he said it he admitted this okay it's, it's saying that through vaccinations we will eliminate uh, 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 a lot of uh, the population on Earth. We will decrease the population by X percent. I forget what kind of percentage he gave. This was his words. Okay, this is what they want ultimately. Um, the, the, these are the people. These are the elite that control things. And uh, we're not a part of that club. We're not. And like Bello said, uh, some people think that it's like Balluminati, right? With the with the um, the smoke in the background and the cloaks and. You know what? There is an element of that. You talk about child sacrifice. It's all over the place now. All right. It's all over the place now. This is what this is what these people do. And why do people believe in conspiracy theories? Right. Let's take this uh, Parkland shooting real quick, which, um, you know, and I struggle with this one because, you know, kids died. God bless them. You know, there are some people that think that no one died in these things. I, I am not of that camp. But there are some people that believe that. But why do they believe in conspiracy theories? You find reports of multiple shooters in that school. Kids that went to that school said more than one, two, three, at least four of these kids said there there were more multiple shooters in that school. I think the mainstream media reported that. Actually, they went out of their way not to report it. The guy who broke the story had to tweet it out on Twitter because, I don't know, I think it was CBS News, um, but... um. 
whomever he worked for didn't put out the story. He did it himself. And that's when it started gaining traction or, or uh, alternative news sites like Infowars or something like that. And I know people hate Infowars, but they do put out good information from time to time. Um, this kid went on and straight up said, yeah, there were multiple shooters, no doubt. This is why people believe in conspiracy theories, because of reports like that that exist. And there are they aren't uh, analyzed by the mainstream or just brushed off. Like Ben Shapiro said that anybody who thinks uh, uh, that these kids, that any of these kids in Parkland are crisis actors are disgusting human beings. Why do people think that people are crisis actors? Because they've been caught as crisis actors, not these kids in particular, but there's other instances in which, um, uh, uh, what is it, scenarios have, have involved the crisis actors. There's one company, what is it, Crowds on Demand. Go look that up. <laughs> you can hire a crowd to do whatever it is you want them to do. All right, like, and, and the government uses crisis actors all the time. So it's not, it's not something coming out of the blue. People... Uh, that are, I don't want to say informed. I don't know. People that are, I, I don't know, in the know, informed, take it however you want. I'm not trying to sound insulting here, but there's people, news junkies, there you go, that, that are into this stuff and they see this stuff and they're like, wait a minute, that's a problem. And, and there, there needs to be that. We need that in, in society to keep the government honest because the government is not honest with us. But we need to keep them honest. And that's what that's the role of the conspiracy analyst. Well, people, I think we've given them a lot to chew off of that. Billy Ray, you just you just blew a couple of people's minds. I can absolutely guarantee it. Well, God bless you all. Um, if uh, if uh, you want to hear more, come over to the infinite fringe dot dot com or hacker dot dot com or you can find me live on truth frequency radio every uh iheart radio every uh sunday from 7 p.m to 8 p.m eastern i do a live show um and uh, if you want to find out conspiracy man like we got the conspiracy horseman over at hacker dot dot com and on truth frequency radio it's all conspiracy all the time you will find what you're looking for um but uh beware because once you come in you don't come out. You can't unsee it. You know, like like when you walk into the bathroom and, and you see your mother naked, you can never unsee that. Uh, I, I know it's a ridiculous example, but you <laughs> never unsee that. You're like, Jesus, what the hell? And it stays in your mind forever. It's the same thing. You can never unsee it once you walk through those doors. So be careful. Yep. There are times I wish I could unsee it. Like there's times I wake up and like even something as simple as the as, as disgusting and as straightforward as probably was the Parkland shooting. It's like, do I? I mean, best case scenario, there's an actual school shooting. That's where I kind of find myself in these situations. Is I'm like, uh, best case scenario is it's every bit as terrible as they're telling me it is on television. And worst case scenario, it's far far worse than that terrifying it's depressing but yeah you're absolutely right that's my same mindset all the time and it sucks down the rabbit hole we go well fellas <laughs> <laughs> i definitely want to thank you guys for being able to join me on this podcast uh we got to do this again the three of us because this was a hell of an experience uh bello any any closing words thoughts if not tell the people where they can find you 
Yeah, I'm going to wrap this one up, Hayes, as you as you do on occasion here on the Awakened Soul, but I definitely do on the Next Level Wrestling Podcast over on the Wrestling World Podcast Network. But uh, if you've made it this far, you are a brave, brave soul. And I mean that this week more so than other weeks. Uh, <laughs> but thank you for joining us on this journey. You could follow me on Twitter at the Andrew Bello for political and potentially conspiracy related things. And then also at Bello being Bello for the more fun stuff, wrestling, comics, movies, music. If it's lighthearted, go there. At Bello being Bello. Billy Ray Valentine, same thing to you. I know you just plugged your podcast, but anything if you want to want to leave the audience with, if not, tell the people where they can find you. No, that's it, man. Uh, all hate mail to at Oban One You Know Me. Figure it out because I'm not spelling it. And uh, I want to thank everyone uh, uh, for listening. I want to thank CEO Hayes for in, uh, inviting me onto your platform, man. Um, you're doing your thing, and I I, I, I see it. And I'm happy for you. Uh, Andrew Bellows doing his thing. Everybody's doing their freaking thing. So I'm, I'm very happy about that. And um, hey, listen, I've been waiting to come on Soul for a bit. I'm glad you had me on. Whenever you want me on, if I can make it, I'll be there, brother. I, I really enjoyed myself. Thank you very much. Uh, no problem at all. I think, thank you both for being able to come on. Uh, listeners, you guys already know me if you listen to this, but I am CEO Hayes. You can follow me at CEO H-A-I-Z-E. Uh, more importantly, now I am a member of UML, Urban Mogul Life. You can check us yeah, out. Not at, after uh, this episode. You're not. <laughs> <laughs> right the fuck out of there. <laughs> oh just, man, just, I know. Just build a wall around them if they <laughs> go. I may have to come crawling to hacker. I mean, like, please, please, please. I got kicked I, I, off. I got kicked off. Um, I don't. I don't think you got to come crawling. The doors are open. That's all. <laughs> like, come on in, my friend. Go ahead. <laughs> but yeah, definitely check me out there as well. I want to thank each and every one of you guys for listening. And like Bello said, you are a brave, brave soul. If you made it this far, adios. I love you guys. Peace. Like smoking Joe Frazier, the Hellraiser, raising hell with the flavor. Terrorize the jam like troops in Pakistan. Swinging through your town like your neighborhood Spider-Man. So all uh, tick-tock and keep ticking. When I get you flipping off the shit, I'm kicking. The Lone Ranger, co-ed, danger. Deep in the dark with the art to rip the charts apart. The vandal, too hot to handle your battle. You're saying goodbye like Devin Campbell. What next? Inspect the decks on the set. The rebel, I make more noise than heavy metal. The way I make the crowd go wild. Sit back, relax. Won't smile. Ray got it going on, pal. Call me the rap assassinator. Rhymes rugged and built like Schwarzenegger. And I'ma get mad deep like a threat. Blow up your project, then take all your assets. Cause I came to shake the frame in half with the thoughts that bomb. Shit like math. So if you wanna try to flip, yo, flip on the next man. Cause I'll grab the clip and picture with 16 shots and more I got. Going to war with the melting pot. I it's the method man for short, Mr. Map. Move it on your left. Ah, and set it off. Get it off. Let it off like a gat. I wanna break food. Cop me back. Small change. They putting chain in the game. I take game and blow that nigga out the frame. And like bang, my fella live forever. Crossing over like they don't know no better. But I do. True, can I get a suit? Enough respect due to the one six ooh. I mean, oh, yo, check out the flow like the Hudson or PCP. When I'm dusting, niggas off because I'm hot like sauce. The smoke from the lyrical blood make me. Uh, oh, what crap, my nut gets cool. Ah, here comes my Shaolin style. Truth be and you to my cool with the. Is QuickBooks slowing your business down? Do you have challenges managing inventory, project profitability, or just getting paid fast enough? 
get your business to a better place and graduate to NetSuite today. Stop paying for multiple systems that don't give you the information you need when you need it. Ditch the spreadsheets and all the old software you've outgrown. Now is the time to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle, the world's number one cloud business system. NetSuite gives you visibility and control over your financials, HR, inventory, e-commerce, and more. Everything you need, all in one place, instantaneously. Whether you're doing a million or hundreds of millions in revenue, save time and money with NetSuite. Join the over 24,000 companies using NetSuite right now. Let NetSuite show you how they'll benefit your business with a free product tour at netsuite.com info. Schedule your free product tour right now at netsuite.com info, netsuite.com info.